I'm popping, don't come my way. From the bottom, so I got a lot to say. Always grinding, I can never hit the hay. Score a goal like I'm on the power play. When I'm popping, don't come my way. First tripping, and they got a lot to say. I was down when they all flew away. Now I party like my birthday every day. Gentlemen, welcome to everybody's favorite podcast, except for Eric's, apparently, as he continues to run late for the recording of the podcast. This is Kevin, and joining me soon, I promise, I promise, he's got to work, he's got to jump in at one point, is Eric. He will be joining me shortly. Uh, As I get started, I have to say it's been an up and down week. And I don't know where my mind is right now. I don't don't know where my thoughts are. I don't know where my mind is. I'm excited to see what Eric has to say. Even though I tease Eric a lot of time, I am excited for what he has to say. Especially about certain topics. One of those topics are obviously our Philadelphia Flyers, which have had a very up and down start. And one thing that Eric and I do, we are, we are very good friends. We are uh, best friends. Uh, and we actually do not text during games for the purposes of us giving our own thoughts during the podcast. Now, there are times in which I'll text him and I'll just tease him because, hey, that's me. Uh, but I'm very interested to see what he thinks about his Philadelphia Flyers and our Philadelphia Flyers. I'm very interested to hear what he has to say about the ongoing situation of the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm also really interested in what he thinks about the Phillies and Joel the Troel. And we're going to get there. We're going to get there this week. Uh, it is Thursday as we are recording this podcast. Game six for the Philadelphia Flyers. Versus the New York Islanders are underway tonight at 7 o'clock on NBC Sports Network. So if you're listening to this, you're either going to have a really happy version of me or a really happy version of Eric or a really critical version of us because it's game six tonight. And we don't know what to expect going into game six. Uh, We also, like I said, up and down week. One of those ups for us this week have been the Philadelphia Phillies, who, by the way, just like I said a week ago on our pod, have won a number of games in a row. I stated that they needed to win six of eight last Tuesday when we record the podcast. And since that prediction, the Phillies have won seven of eight. Bryce Harper said they needed to win nine of ten. Since then, they have been... Eight and one. Crazy. Crazy thoughts about the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, They come off of a big win, beating Max Scherzer of the Nationals. And, (laughs) again, that's that's the funny thing with the Nationals is it seems like their social media team put their foots in their mouths. Again. All right? You you can't go and – attack the Phillies and think that we're not going to answer because it is harder to beat Philadelphia 
than you think it is. So the Phillies last night beat Max Scherzer, beat him up three to nothing, final, with Wheeler dealing on Wednesday. Wheeler was dealing in that game, as was Aaron Nola the night before. Wheeler picked up the win. He's 4-0, the first pitcher to do that coming into the Philadelphia Phillies organization since Roy Halladay. Aaron Nola came in on, Sun, on Tuesday, 6 to nothing victory for the Phillies. The Nationals have not scored a run against the Phillies in two games. And the Phillies beat the Nationals on Monday, 8-6. Strong wins for the Phillies this week, uh, giving Spencer Howard his first victory. Uh, great wins for the Phillies. Great start of the week. It's been pretty exciting for them. All right. And Eric is now joining us into the podcast. He's, I just admitted him into the Zoom. Apparently, I had to do that. He might have been waiting for a long time. Uh, the Philadelphia Union news. The Philadelphia Union are undefeated. That's right. Out of the bubble. They're no longer in Orlando. They are undefeated after tying yesterday. Nothing, nothing. Yes, the Philadelphia Union tied yesterday. Nothing, nothing. And remain undefeated in the postgame. Uh, the, like I was saying, the Flyers have a big game tonight, big game six tonight after an overtime victory against the Islanders on Tuesday, we come back to it. And Eric, I was just giving an update. I, I was telling the fans, our loyal five listeners on the podcast, how excited I am to actually talk to you, uh, today because we really don't talk sports throughout the week at all, other than on the, no, we do not. And it, we really save our thoughts for the podcast. Yes. Complete thoughts, even though I kind of have to see where your mind is with the Flyers. I'm excited to talk about all of Philadelphia sports this week because there's a lot of topics that we need to get to today. As from last week, uh, with the Phillies especially. Uh, Phillies, how, we, how we talked about that, how they had to go about, what, 8 and 10, and they're, what, 7 and seven of 8 right now? So I said they had to win six of eight, I believe, last week. Oh, okay. And they, they needed a higher number. Bryce Harper said they needed to win nine of ten. And right now they've won eight of nine. Eight of nine. So they beat our prediction. They, they have beat our prediction. I'm getting excited because that puts them in a specific position in the NL East. Right now they are number two in the NL East with games in hand and right. number five in the National League. That's Our, crazy. The, the one team that we doubted. I know. The one team we doubted. They just started slow. They needed a little kick in the butt from the Philly fans podcast. They listened. And they got that kick. And I think they needed some motivation from the stupidity that is the Washington Nationals uh, social networking team. Yeah. Who tweeted last week saying, who said it was so hard to beat Philadelphia? And since that tweet, have not beaten the Phillies. Yep. Since that tweet, which is I great. I have to interrupt. Are you in your classroom? I am in my classroom, yes. All right. Just wondering. Yeah, wearing my Philadelphia Flyers tie, getting ready for the game tonight. Big game six tonight for the Philadelphia Flyers. Yes. Uh, promising news from last game, I'll tell you that. Definitely promising news. So let's get into them before we dive more into the Phillies, the Eagles, and the 76ers. Let's I did bring up Sixers. that the I did bring up that the Philadelphia Union are undefeated currently out of the bubble. No, they lost last night. I thought they I thought it was a nothing nothing tie. No, it said I looked it up and said they lost one nothing. So much for me looking into the Philadelphia Union. This shows you that I don't follow soccer. I think it was to the Columbus crew. They lost one nothing. yes. Wow. Well, take back every good thing I said about the Philadelphia Union. During no, they're still, they're still playing well. And what makes me mad, just before we step into the Flyers, what makes me mad about the Union is that Casper decides to play now out of the bubble 
he's scoring goals left and right. And now it's like, where were you for with the MLS back tournament? I don't understand. Well, obviously the Philadelphia Union social networking team is listening to us because Casper the friendly, uh, whatever he was, yeah. or is the, offensively. Um, no, let's talk was, Flyers. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. You, you, well, I'm going to start. All right, Eric? That's fine. The Philadelphia Flyers have been one of those teams right now that have really uh, really pissed me off. And I mentioned it on the cast last week. The uh, cast. That's, yeah, the cast, the pod. You know, <laughs> I'm going right. to change, change up my wording every once in a while. I mentioned last week, and I continue to mention on social networking, that the Flyers are, have been playing one period, one strong period of time, with the exception of Tuesday's game. Yep. Tuesday, they played two and a half strong periods of hockey against the Islanders. Yes, they did. All right. They have been playing one strong period of hockey in each of their games prior to that. You kind of threw a debate out there on, on me on social networking uh, when I said something on Larry's uh, comments on Facebook, and I went, to hold, I went to hold myself back because I knew we would be talking about it on the podcast this week. Two and a half strong periods on Tuesday. They were in attack mode the entire game. I and then remember once that they, post now. Once they decide to retweet, re, uh, they decide to reassess with the last eight minutes of the game on Tuesday. They decide to start playing more defense rather than attack mode. And I get it. You don't always want to be on the attack in hockey, especially with a two-goal lead. But you had a two-goal lead, and you almost blew it. In that eight, the final eight minutes. Going they back did, which was very – yeah, no, and, and to your point, you don't want to play offensively the whole time, but I think in this series, I think we're going to have to. Because we play our best game when we're playing, when we got our foot down on the pedal. Yeah, we, we were also down two games at that point. Right. Two games. So, with an elimination game on you, you need to go pedal to the metal. No matter what, they need to continue playing pedal to the metal, much like the Philadelphia Flyers of 2010 against the Boston Bruins. That's how they have to play. Well, we had some good – like I said earlier, we had some good news in this game. Um, our captain, captain of captain, captain my captain, finally scored a, a really important goal. And how, uh, did, how did he score that goal? What have we been saying this entire, this entire time on the podcast? That what, shoot how, how did he score that goal? What did he do? He deflected. He got in front of the net. Oh, my goodness, Eric. He got in front of the net. I know. Basic hockey, right? And with the game winner, same thing. They got in front of the net, deflection yeah. in. That's all you got to do. But after I watched that goal, so they, they were down one nothing at that point. Drew scores. That team, something changed because they just started playing. Now they did let down in the third period, but from that goal to whenever they let down, that was the team we need. That's the team that's going to come back in this series and win it. Well, even, like, the first period, they played extremely well in the first period. They had nothing to show for it. No, they got unlucky. They hit the post. Um, but they played a very strong first period, and I knew if they came into the second period playing the same way, things would go our way. Now, Islanders got on the board first with uh, what I thought was a cheap goal. Yeah, so, it's interesting. So, I was saying no goal the whole time. And I understand what people are saying. He got pushed in, he got pushed in. But he didn't make an attempt to get out of the crease. Like, he was standing with his hands on the goal and holding Provorov's stick. So, Provorov couldn't even defend the wraparound. So, that's where I thought 
hey, I know we're not challenging for holding the stick, but at the same time, you see it. It's plain sight. He's holding a stick, so Proval can't play defense. They're saying he couldn't get out of the crease because Pitlick was around his feet. I don't agree with that. He, he didn't even try to get out. It was obvious no. he didn't even try to get out of the crease. Yeah, so um, whatever. Which, which almost cost us in the end, but thank goodness uh, Claude Drew showed up. Uh, I'm so happy to see the Claude Drew, uh, the Claude Drew milk carton is no longer on social networking. Yeah, he definitely showed up that game. That was annoying as could be. And that's, he has, to be honest, he has been looking better each and every game. Yeah, and that's the G we need. We need the G who's confident, who takes shots, who gets in front of the net, puts it in. And every, and every player who scored needed a goal to boost their confidence. Uh, Totally, especially uh, James Van Riemsdyk, who has just disappeared uh, completely in the in the playoffs. He and almost missed that too. He almost didn't score that either. <laughs> <laughs> he shot it at the goalie. But either way, it was it was good showing. Um, I was on the edge of my seat, heart attack. You know, normal Flyers hockey watching. Um, and then we went in the third, and I almost or we went in overtime, and I almost scared all my animals of how loud I screamed in the house. So. It was good to watch. Yeah, it was a heart attack. Never a doubt, though. Never a doubt. Never a doubt. After after they tied it three to three. Never. Yeah, Larry Larry put that on social media. I said, no, you were texting the whole time. You were were so in doubt. Yeah, there were definitely no doubts in that game for me whatsoever or this series whatsoever. So I did look at – I'm not doubting tonight's game at all. uh, No, I'm not. I think they're going to – so here's, here's the thing. Here's what me and, and Doug have talked about. I think they're going to come out and win this game. I don't think it's going to be close. I actually think they're going to take this game pretty, pretty easily. They're actually a heavy favorite if you look at uh, the draft, uh, the sports books. But game seven is where I'm nervous if they make it there. Because yeah, I think they're going to be like, they're going to get Philly so high. Like, yeah, we're coming back. We're going to do it. It's like 2010, but, you know, 3-1 down, so 3-0. And then they lose game seven. I'm nervous already. I'm nervous for tonight. I know. I know. I, but I'm negadelphia, I guess, at this point. I'm, I'm worried about the negative that happened in that game. Yeah, Sean Couturier? Yeah, that, so if you watch that replay and you look at his right knee when he hits uh, – I forget who he hit. Um, but it did not look pretty. Yeah, and I watched that one live instead of uh, the replay that they showed early in the third period after they said – Couturier was not on the bench. Uh, I did see it live. I saw someone hobbling off. I wasn't sure who it was. Oh, I knew. I knew right away that he was hurt. I was like, crap. I was upset that it was Couturier. To be yeah. And to keep uh, – so, let's be honest. At this point, the Flyers line, the fourth line, really, the Thompson line, killed them. No, he, he should never touch the ice ever again. I, I, but especially in that third period in that overtime, why is Thompson on the ice within the final – eight minutes of that game, I don't get it. Go to a three-line rotation, uh, get that line out of there because that, they, they did nothing to help that final period. That is something that A.V. does not do, and I've noticed that he doesn't shorten his bench. He plays everyone. And it didn't help. What I, what I saw, what I was happy about in the overtime, Thompson really didn't say the ice until maybe eight or nine minutes, ten minutes into the overtime right before we scored. Yeah, and even when I saw him, I was like, oh, no, the Islanders are about to win it. Right. Because I saw him on the ice. Game tying goal, Thompson on the ice, playing bad defense. He let the guy go. I mean, Haig didn't play great defense there either. But the amount of turnovers this man has, he might as well 
I don't know, uh, a bakery. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's bad. He, uh, yeah, he's been killing me this week. And you're wasting, you're wasting Albert Kubo's talent on with Thompson and Grant. You're wasting. It. So if Couturier is not playing tonight, and we do not know, there has not been an update. He's probably not playing. Um, if Couturier does not play, what what do you do? Is it Michael Raffle coming in, or is I it, think he's hurt too. Or is it that because uh, Raffle being scratched was the biggest shock to me this week? I think he's hurt. Or do you bring Gossis Bear in as a lineman because that's. What I saw in social networking, do not shoot the messenger. Apparently, Gossip Bear was playing a wing. Yeah, and they've, they've toyed with that before, but it's never happened in a game. I'd be surprised to see it. Um, it'd be interesting. He is a more offensive-minded person. He, he is um, definitely more of an offensive-minded defenseman. So I don't think it would hurt. And, I mean, anything's going to hurt that's not Couturier, but um, – I honestly, you you heard Av say Oscar's only two, you know, a couple days away. Does he play? I doubt it, but that'd be cool. So if Raffle is hurt, that's the biggest question: is if Raffle's hurt, right? Right. If Raffle's healthy, Raffle's the obvious choice to go in, based right. on how he played in the round robin and how he's played in the playoffs. Right. Right. He's, I'm surprised he's not in. I think that's why I think he's hurt. Uh. Ghost going in would would surprise me as a lineman. Uh, Oscar Lindblom playing would uh, totally you, – you might need to check in on me if uh, Oscar Lindblom is in the lineup. Why, are you going to be so happy you die? I, I, I might be. Uh, just for his story, for his sake, it, it might – that's a tough one for me. Because I love Oscar. I love the story. But, man – Whew. We'll see. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be back to where he was when he left, but it would be a, a huge boost to the morale. It's already a huge boost to see him out there skate. Yeah, definitely a huge boost to the morale. That's definitely what they need. They need that morale boost. Uh, they had it in game, in game five. They played very well. They played very much like the Canadians played against them in game five. Right where they were constantly on the attack, and the Flyers just need to be on the attack. They play on the attack. They play offensively. They're offensive-minded. They're going to play well. But defensively, they need to cover up the in front of the net because I, I noticed myself that they're giving up – there are guys wide open for the Islanders in front of the net. Way too often. Way too often. When there's two defenders – going after the puck behind the net. That scares me a little bit. Uh, but the It's Flyers, almost like we don't know how to transition from, like, hand off the player because they're all following him, leaving the front of the net open, which is – it happens way too often. I've seen it. I mean, Carter Hart and Brian Elliott, when he played, saved our butts many times. Yeah, you, you cannot rely so much on the goaltender as they are. No, and we have two, we have two stellar goaltenders for once. <laughs> we're making them work. Definitely making them work. Uh, Eric, do you have anything else on the Flyers touching in? No, I, I, I expect them to win tonight. Um, I think they're, they're going to come off that overtime high. I think they're going to they're gonna open up the first 10 minutes. I think they're actually going to arrive to the game on time. Um, and I think they're going to play well. Um, I expect a goal in the first period. 
for the Flyers. Um, Islanders are going to get pushed back, but I think the Flyers are going to ride this high. Uh, depending on who plays, if Coots plays, that'd be even better. But I think they have game six, but game seven worries me. And maybe, maybe we get three complete periods. Yeah. Maybe. For sure, hopefully. So the Philadelphia Flyers tonight, game six. If you're listening to this on Friday, then um, this whole conversation obviously did not matter. That's yeah. So let's move, let's move on to the Phils just real quick. Uh, Philly's been impressive, Eric. Have you watched anything? Like uh, I have watched highlights. I haven't watched the actual games. So you're watching like two or three innings? Yeah. Uh, they look good, though. They, they do look good. Uh, and impressive stat by, uh, by John Clark. The Phillies, and this is an impressive stat, but at the same time, I want to know who's number 12. Uh, Phillies are the only team in baseball to have two starting pitchers in the top 11 in ERA. No, that's a stretch. It's one eleven. Stretch. Top eleven. I so like the one of them. Twelve. One of them's eleven, is what you're saying. One of them's eleven. It's Nola. Yeah, so. Nola is probably eleven. So Zach Wheeler's four and zero. And as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, without you here, he is the first Philly to start his career as a Philly four and zero. That's awesome. Uh, since Roy Halladay, which is pretty impressive. Great person to be up with. Uh, he's four and zero with a two point two zero ERA. Aaron Nola is four and two with a two point four five ERA. Both of them pitched lights out this week. Yep, lights out, especially against a. Uh, they they need to beat up on this Nationals team. They need to beat up on the NL East as much as possible, especially with the top contenders of the Braves uh, sitting there, sitting there waiting for the Phillies to catch up. Yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm very hopeful for the Phillies. Like I said, they. They haven't looked good in what I saw. Um, they're producing, which is an anomaly for Philadelphia baseball. Um, hopefully, you know, I don't know what I've seen from the bullpen. If they look better, I'm guessing they have. Well, uh, I think Matt Klentak is one of our five loyal listeners. Uh, I don't think he wants to be the stupid idiot of the week anymore uh, because he actually made some moves to boister that bullpen. Yeah, I saw that. So, so that's what I'm saying. I think they're – I think – they're in a good spot if they keep playing the way they are. So the bullpen is a whole lot different than it was at the beginning of the season. Uh, traded for David Phelps uh, and had four new relievers in the past ten in the past two weeks at this point. Workman, Hembry, David Hale, uh, and Rager Suarez is going to be activated from or has been activated from the injury list as well. That's four new relievers makes it a lot better for them. Uh, Hale is a two came in with or sorry. Phelps from the Brewers came in with a 2.75 ERA, which boisters that bullpen tremendously. Great, yeah, yeah. great job. I, I actually cannot complain about the Phillies front office right now. I can't do it. I know it's shocking. Can you put them as a winner of the week? Potentially, they might be the MVP of the week. I do have my awards. I did list the awards this time, so we actually have them oh, rather good. than guessing them. Uh, I can tell you this. He does, he's not going to be the stupid idiot of the week for sure. No, uh, it might be Joel. Joel the Troel. I, I yeah. mentioned Joel the Troel earlier, just a little bit about him. I said we're going to touch on that. Uh, Ryan Spader, friend of ours, friend of the show, uh, posted some uh, stats about the Phillies a couple days ago. And one of those stats was on Reese Hoskins. Who's playing a lot better. Who you and I have been tough on. And yeah. after we got tough on him, kind of turned things around. Interesting how that happens. Yeah, it's weird. It might be, it's weird that some of these players might actually be one of our five listeners. The 
Um, so before hitting his first home run, Reese Hoskins was batting 204, uh, 204 in the season. After hitting his first home run, he's been batting 347. Right, and that's almost the same with um, if you look at Kutch. He's the same kind of way. Yep. After Ryan, he hit his first homer, he's been playing like lights out. Yep. And Ryan Spader said the same thing. Before hitting his first home run, he had 56 plate appearances. He was batting 180. After that, in his last 67 appearances, he's been batting 344. So if you do not follow Ryan Spader on Twitter, that's the Ace of Spader, and he spells his last name S-P-A-E-D-E-R. The Ace of Spader is a good follow. He knows his stuff about baseball. He knows it. He definitely knows his stuff about baseball. Brings it out. Uh, great follow. Uh, he deserves a lot more praise than he gets. Uh, and he's gotten some praise from Bob Nightingale this week, but he definitely deserves uh, a lot of praise. And some big news out of the Phillies today. Not really big news. We mentioned this a few weeks ago. Today is the day in which Dick Allen's number, the number 15, will be retired by the Philadelphia Phillies. And they are set to pitch at 405. Hooray. So, Dick Allen, number 15, congratulations. Wish there were fans in the audience other than There's Cutouts. I was going to say, there's fans already. Other than cardboard cutouts to watch you celebrate. Your the whole Flyers team is in the outfield. They, they are, and it's fun to see uh, Gritty and the Fanatic uh, jump in there and, and play games. Eric, we, we got our two kind of positives out of the way, right? Flyers, right. Philly, kind of, right. Flyers kind of positive. Philly's very positive. Let's go into our negative. You starting with the Eagles or the Sixers? Let's start with the Eagles. Okay. Injury-prone preseason. This is the like, This is awful. <laughs> Why does this always happen? Why does this always happen? And Victor Williams, the, at the Philly pod on Twitter, the Phillies are the most talented IR roster in the NFL. The Eagles. The Eagles. Sorry. <laughs> the most talented IR roster in the NFL. Sure. On, on their injury report, Carson Wentz, Jalen Rager, Alshon Jeffrey, Lane Johnson, Miles Sanders, and I'm shocked they didn't go after Fournette, but, hey, I could save that for later. It usually looks like my uh, fantasy league. (laughs) Most talented IR. Andre Dillard, Will Parks, Javon Hargrave, Vinny Curry, who they just got, Avante Maddox, Hassan Ridgeway, Brandon Brooks, and Gerard Avery. Yeah, it's, it's not looking pretty. That ten, ten days, ten days to kick off. Ten days to kick off. It does not look pretty. And the biggest worry going in now is who's playing left tackle. Yeah, for real. Right? <laughs> who's unreal. protecting Carson Wentz? Because I'll be honest, I'm not comfortable putting Carson Wentz out there in Week One against Washington, who has a top ten pass rush defense uh, uh, with this offensive line. Don't. No, we don't have an – everyone's hurt. We don't have an offensive line. So, Andre Diller went down, season-ending injury. So much for that first-round pick. I know. We were talking about that. Like, oh, he's going to have a good season. No, no, no. Yeah, so much for that. And Brandon Brooks going down. We brought in a player by the name of Jason Peters. We all know Jason Peters as our former left tackle, future Hall of Famer, uh, was a free agent for most of the summer, picked up in July as our right guard. Right? Yep. And the most obvious transition would move Jason Peters over to left tackle. Here's the problem. Right? Jason Peters stated 
that if you want me to play left tackle, you better pay me more. Oh, boy. Seriously? <laughs> you can't really demand that right now. No one else no, wants them. You can't demand that when nobody wanted you. Yeah. All right? No, no. You sat on the free agent market. Nobody Forever. wanted you. All Great. right? So you're going to go in and you're going to complain that you want more money to play left tackle, and yet nobody wanted you as a left tackle. So the Eagles did you a favor, and it was a favor to sign you for one year as a right guard. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay with keeping him at right guard. I will be honest with you. I just need an answer at left tackle. I don't have one. I have no answer at left tackle. And Jason Peters is the obvious one. But the problem is, if Jason Peters moves to left tackle, guess what? It's just a ticking time clock on when that man's going to get injured. Yeah, because he does always get injured. All right. And as you stated earlier in this uh, year, earlier on the pod, earlier on the cast, whatever we're calling it, earlier this year on the cast, Eric stated that Big V leaving was probably one of the biggest mistakes the Eagles could make. It's looking right now. Because Big V could play every position on the offensive line without complaint. And guess what? I can't believe I'm going to say this. I can't believe it. Eric that's right. was right. Yeah, that's right. I, my, our five loyal listeners are totally shocked that I just said that Eric was right, as That's I true. normally say Eric is wrong. It's true. <laughs> so, I knew that was a mistake from the beginning. We have so many injuries. He just hops in. He's like, all right, I'm going to play here. All right, I'm going to play here. I don't care. He's like, whatever. It feels like the regular season again from last year. It's like we're carrying over where yeah. we have practice squad guys coming up and playing positions for us. Yep. Can, uh, can Greg Ward play uh, left tackle? Uh, he can try. It's a little small. A little just small. Put, just put uh, Goddard there. He'll be all right. <laughs> or, oh, uh, or, is Perkins on the team throwing? Like, I, I and apparently last week, who they had out there, I, I can't remember who it is off the top of my head, uh, made Josh Sweat look like he was going into camp. His jersey was going into camp. That's how bad he was playing at left tackle. Yeah, and yeah. let I'm just glad Carson Wentz wasn't back there playing quarterback yeah. as he's been out throughout this entire week. Uh, Doug Peterson states that he'll be fine. Maybe uh, it's a ploy. Maybe it's a ploy. He'll be fine for week one. We're playing it like it's the last week of the preseason. Blah, 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 blah. Maybe it's all, maybe it's all like, hey, they're all injured, but week one they're like, boom, everyone's right. Let's go. Maybe. I, I hope so because these names – not looking great, especially Jalen Rager being out. Yeah, that's not good. And people saying, oh, wait, Alshon might be able to play in September. Uh, yeah, that was just shot down. He Apparently, he's not playing until October. I thought uh, he was on the pup list anyway. He is, but they can take him off early. Oh. Uh, so, oh, man. Our wide receiver core just turned in from uh, a track team to a to a practice squad all over again. Yep. And you're going to rely on Deshaun Jackson. Uh, JJ's got a big year. <laughs> you're going to rely on JJ. You're going to rely on Greg Ward again. Hightower. All these rookies. You're going to rely on Hightower. Like, I don't know, man. And, and then you're going to come out and say, Corey Clement has looked the best he's ever looked. You said that in his second season out of running back. We need, like, uh, we need like, um, Nelson Aguilar back. Are you going to repeat things? <laughs> Until we believe them, because you don't, I don't believe them anymore. Are you, you the WWE? Are you trying to repeat storylines? You don't want Aguilar back? 
no, no. <laughs> my wow, Eric, thirty some minutes in the podcast. My son Carson can catch more than Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> Mark it down. Mark it down. A little over a half hour into the podcast. Yeah, it's uh, it's scary. I don't know what's going to happen. The, that's, that's why I want the Flyers to continue to play well. <laughs> yeah, because I, it will give me something to think about other than the Philadelphia Eagles. And tonight will help me out. Maybe the Phillies continue this stretch. Uh, that will help me out. But I, I can't look at this injury list much longer because they are the uh, the Pro Bowl candidates, the best in the league when it comes to injuries. And, and, can we just get rid of the team doctor? <laughs> do you think? Do you think not having OTAs and and uh, voluntary camps are hurt? Oh, I think it's. I think it's going to hurt most of the teams. But we'll find out week one, ten days away. We'll find out what type of shape the Philadelphia Eagles are. Maybe, maybe all this panic is for nothing. Maybe. Maybe I'm just. I'm overly concerned for nothing. Yep. Week one against the Washington Football Team. Eric, I'm. Apparently, my internet connection is unstable. Who knew? I hear, I hear you fine. Perfect. Uh, so, I'm going to continue on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try not to stress about the Philadelphia Eagles against the Washington Football Club or team or whatever they're calling themselves nowadays. And I'm going to stress about the Philadelphia 76ers. They are. All right. And the Philadelphia 76ers are currently in a, uh, in a coaching search. But they did, your, they did you a favor by getting rid of yeah, okay, they did me a favor by getting rid of Brett Brown. Didn't I rant about, for about 15 minutes last week that that wasn't the only move they needed to make? Yes. Josh Harris, get your head out of your butt. Please. Elton Brand. Elton Brand, get your head out of your butt. But the coaching team search is apparently made up of Elton Brand, Josh Harris, Ben Simmons, and Joel DeTroel Embiid. Oh, boy. Which means that Ned Cohen and Alex Rucker are not even in the same room, so to speak. That's according to Brian Jacobs of the Painted Lines. Never heard of the Painted Lines, but hey. Thanks. That means <laughs> so yesterday, Jay Wright took his name out of the running, which you and I said week one. Last week on the podcast, Jay Wright shouldn't even be in the running. Probably wouldn't even be in the running because his focus is going to be on a Villanova season uh, that starts very soon. And guess what? We were right. He doesn't want to leave Villanova. That was, was easy. He didn't want to leave. He didn't want to leave Villanova. Nope. And apparently the one name that continues to pop up, the one name that has mutual interest is the same guy who was stepped over by Allen Iverson. <laughs> With Tyron Lue and the Philadelphia 76ers have mutual interest in one another, and it seems like Tyron Lue is going to be the answer. Get Aaron McKee. Take him out of Temple. Bring him here. <sighs> so it will be Tyron Lue, not Jason Kidd. Not Don Staley. Jason Kidd went to the Nets, by the way. He's a oh, I'm not, I'm not surprised about that. Not surprised whatsoever. I didn't want Jason Kidd anyway. People were saying Don Staley should have a chance. I don't know. I don't know if they'd listen to Don Staley. Let's be honest. They didn't listen to Brett Brown. Um, so, who knows? How'd you like the Joel's little – Joel the Troel? Yeah. So, our, our little troll, Joel Embiid, is now trolling all fans. He's now known as Joel the Troll on Twitter, uh, trolling every fan, saying he's still, really not ha- he's still really unhappy while watching Jimmy Butler nail two final free throws to win a game and go up 2 nothing against the favored Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, 
Joel obviously is still not happy that Jimmy Butler is not a Philadelphia 76er. Uh, Joel, the Troel, has continued to talk about how his future is probably not in Philadelphia. But yet, once again, he has also named himself as Joel the Troel to get us to have a conversation about the troll that is Joel Embiid. Yep. Not good. Not good press. I'll take everything with a grain of salt that he tweets, even though he's still processing on Twitter. Uh, I'll still – I'll still take everything with a grain of salt, basically, because apparently he is on the coaching search for the Philadelphia 76ers. Silly. Very silly. He can still not be uh, unhappy. He can still think that Jimmy Butler is too good. I get it. We didn't want Jimmy Butler to go, but. Nope, not at all. But he wanted to go. Yes, he wanted to go. Sorry. You, You need to understand it. So, moving on, Eric, moving on. I have to move on from these, from my frustrations. Now you have to go to your awards. I do have to go to my awards, and I'm not going to go with the music. I don't think the music came out too well. All right. All right. So, Eric, we have our awards. And last week we named a new award, and I forgot what that new award was. So I probably won't have that new award. First award is our MVP of the week. Eric, who is your MVP of the week? Claude Claude Giroux as the yeah. MVP of the week. He's yes. Snapped up on Tuesday. Great game Tuesday. Not just that, but he's been playing better the last couple games. And I think he is going to bring this team to <clears throat> at least fight to stay alive. I, I think the team's playing behind him. I think he's played a lot better. I think he's going to make the team a lot better. Joel, so Claude Giroux as your MVP of the week. Even though I agree he deserves to have the conversation, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Matt Klentek is my MVP of the week. Fair enough. For actually bringing in bullpen help, boistered the Phillies bullpen. Matt Klentek, wow. Phillies ownership, wow. You are my MVP of the week. Shocked. Shocked. I'm shook. Eric, you're loser of the week. Um, hmm. you go first. I got to think about this. All right. My loser of the week is, uh, the, the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, training staff by far the loser of the week with all of those numbers, all of those names on the injury report. The loser of the week has to be the training staff of the Philadelphia Eagles. Get these guys healthy, get them on the field. Stop it. I'm going to go with uh, Elton Brand. Elton Brand's your loser of the week. Yes. Nice. Do you explain why? I think – Still with the 76ers? Uh, well, yeah. I don't think he should – I think he did a great job getting this team to where they are now, but I don't know if he knows how to take the next step. Um, I think he makes some moves that are lackluster, and I don't, I don't think he's the GM we need. It's a loser of the week. Elton Brand and the Philadelphia Eagles training staff. Nobody saw those ones coming. Nobody saw that coming. (laughs) Eric, my favorite award. Stupid idiot of the week. Yeah. You stupid idiot. (laughs) Who is your stupid idiot of the week other than myself? I don't – you go. I have to to think. Oh, man, I've already mentioned his name a few times. Who's that? I'm going to give it to Joel Embiid. 
That's fair. You're, you're talking too much. I get it. It's, it's your brand. I get it. But if you want me to buy your Under Armour sneakers, don't go and attack my Philadelphia 76ers. Don't attack ownership uh, right now. That's my job. My job right now is to attack ownership. Your job is to play basketball. Your job is to continue to preach positivity and saying, hey, we're going to have a good coach come in here and we're going to change uh, what we did this year because obviously it didn't work. All right? Don't go attacking right now, especially when you are apparently part of the coaching search. Yeah. If you want me to buy your Under Armour sneakers in September, start, start acting like it. Uh, my stupid idiot is probably Eagles front office. Um, only because – we, with all the injuries and everything going on, there's names that are available and you're not making any moves or trying. Um, you need to do something. You can't just say, oh, the people keep doing it. We'll be all right. Can't keep doing that. You got to do something. Got to make a big splash somewhere. And I think that's just stupid that they're just sitting back and seeing everything, all these injuries pile up. Yeah, and, I, and actually I, I agree with you. These names keep appearing too. So you let go Yannick, who, who went to the Vikings. Uh, you didn't make a mover for Fournette when you know your your uh, your running back position is very weak. Yeah, uh, yeah he, he went to Tampa, right? Yeah, he went to Tampa with uh, with the rest of the old guys, and and apparently, according to my nephew, the future Super Bowl champions, uh, as he is a big fan of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, living down in Tampa Bay. Uh, Rocco, I'm sorry, you gotta get through my Eagles first, who also have to survive the uh, injury list. So, yeah, I agree with you. Stupid idiot of the week might be the Eagles front office. They also might Could, be the loser of the week. Yeah. Eric, your play of the week. This My is play of the week? Yeah. Scott Lawton's deflection in overtime. Scott Lawton's deflection in overtime could be considered my play of the week, and I totally agree with you. However, my play of the week will be Claude Giroux's first goal. Claude Giroux's goal. That's fair. On Tuesday, it started the Flyers. It got them moving. Uh, Claude Giroux's goal to me was the play of the week, and they put people in front of the net. Yeah, you and just the everyone who scored in that game, you could see like just the tension just leave their body when they finally put one in. JVR is the most, but everyone who scored, you're like, oh my god, they're all like, thank god. Yeah, they, they definitely needed Eric from player of the week to best moment of the week. And this is where I go. Scott Lawton's tip in to win. That's fair. In game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess that's true. Um, also, just Carter Hart. <laughs> just, just how he's been. Carter Hart in general. Yeah, the way he's been saving this team's butt is, is bar none. Actually, you know what? You got to give him credit to Elliot too. He stepped in, played well. He got unlucky. He, you know, some unfortunate goals went in, but he played well. I think the the moment of the week is the just the the Flyers goaltending how they've been playing. I know it's more than a moment, but whatever. And I am going to go with that as well. that's tremendous, Eric. That's a great great moments of the week with the goaltenders. Uh, do we have a worst moment of the week? And hopefully that worst <sighs> moment. It's not tonight. It's not tonight. Yeah. At about 10 o'clock. Um, uh, 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 Keith Jones saying that the game five was going to overtime. Oh, man, that's, that's a good one. I, and the comment, Keith Jones and Brian Boucher, one would think. They're not that Flyers, bad. They would actually start talking about the Flyers. They're doing their job. The Islanders have been playing better. <sighs> Come on. 
Give me something, Jones. Patrick Sharp did say that the Islanders are going to win in overtime, but whatever. Uh, Patrick Sharp is a jerk. He used to play for the Flyers, too. He's a jerk. He's not a jerk. I'm going to call him a jerk. He's, a, he's my jerk of the week. All right. We don't have that award. I don't have that award. I could have that award, but who knows? I don't even know what last week's award were. So, Eric, we have a big weekend ahead for Philadelphia. Uh, it is obviously tonight, game six. Hopefully, Saturday, game seven. Would that be Saturday or would that be Friday? I don't know. I think it's Saturday. They're not going to be back-to-back for game seven. Uh, we have the big series, obviously, with the Philadelphia Phillies, no matter what. The Phillies are constantly in big series at this point as we hit the month of September, the final month of the season. And it is the Philadelphia Phillies moving on, keeping ahead against the rivals of the Nationals and the Mets this weekend. They have a doubleheader against the Red Sox on Tuesday. And then they play the team that has given them heart attacks over the past few years in the Miami Marlins in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games in a row. I think this is actually going to be a big weekend for the Eagles. Big weekend for the Eagles. I think something's going to have to happen. I think I think something big has to happen this weekend. I just think it, I'm going to be upset. There's got to be moves to be made, so we'll see. Eric, big weekend. Hopefully everything comes through. Uh, this is obviously the Philly Fans Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, at the Philly Fans, spelled P-H-A-N-S. Uh, giving a shout-out quick to the Rewind Wrestling Podcast. Uh, for giving us shout-outs over the past couple weeks. So, shout-out to them. Rewind spelled W-R-E-W-I-N-D. They are a wrestling podcast. Give them a listen. Uh, Eric, as a pleasure. Also, also on a couch in Delco. Oh, yeah. Shout-out to On a Couch in Delco. They're, they're sitting somewhere on a couch in Delaware County at this moment, uh, probably <laughs> listening to the podcast. Shout-out to them. Uh, Eric, it's been a pleasure, honestly, as always, talking Philadelphia sports with you. Uh, this yes. is us. We're, we're going to end up signing off here. So, this is Kevin. And Eric. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you comment. Make sure you like us. Follow us everywhere. Have a good one. Have a day. Let's go. Flyers. I knew that would end. Uh, that red shit and neck to me. Money kind of go beat, yeah. Everything on me drip down to my feet, yeah. When I'm popping, don't come my way. From the bottom, so I got a lot of say. Always grind it, I can never hit the hay. Score a goal like I'm on the power play. When I'm popping, don't come my way. First tripping and they got a lot of say. I was down when they all flew away. Now I party like my birthday every day. Eagles, don't be stupid idiots.